to the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow podcast. I'm Sandra M., coming to you from Santa Fe, New Mexico, the land of enchantment. I interview people from all parts of the world about what happiness means to them. What are they in love with? In each episode, we'll give you a key to happiness to include in your life, and of course, we'll play a happy tune from my live Celebrate Happiness Roadshow. A smile doesn't cost you anything. Today we are talking with Jean Palmer, who lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and is the founder of the Santa Fe chapter of the Transition Network for Women 50+. plus. She's also the first soprano in the Zia Singers, an all-women's chorus, and in the Raging Grannies, where she sings protest songs on subjects like climate change. She's also working actively as a volunteer in helping Santa Fe's unhoused population, formerly called the homeless. Welcome, Jean. I am so excited to talk with you about happiness. Well, thank you. I'm excited about it, too. Yes, yes, and what a background you have. I'm just, just, first thing I'd like to know is what songs do you sing about climate change? Well, what we do with those songs is we, first of all, we pass the words out to the audience so they can sing along with us. And then we choose songs that we would all know the melodies to, and someone changes the wording in the song. So it's very clever. And the people, I'm not one of the people that um, actually changes the words, but we have some women in Raging Grannies who are superb at doing that. So it's a melody you would know, but the words are changed to be with whatever um, protest we might be singing about. Well, I'm going to have to get a couple of those protest songs from you because they would be fantastic in my show. Well, great. I'm looking for a song. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I will write down to get that to you. Oh, just wonderful. So now the other thing we're here to talk about is happiness. And I always start by asking my guests what happiness means to you. Happiness means to me that I am doing something either for myself or others that brings me a lot of um, wonderful feelings or brings the Mm -hmm. other person wonderful feelings and that I have a sense of joy and happiness and a smile on my face because of what I'm doing or thinking. So basically it's a feeling. Yes. You feel good, right? It makes you yes. feel good. Is that it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And like I'm doing some, uh, particularly if I'm working with other people, that I'm doing something that is going to help them as well as myself. Right. And I noticed that this is, uh, well, you did start the transition network. And was that the reason for that? 
because it helps other people in 50 plus women plus it helps yourself absolutely and the a couple things about that uh when i moved to santa fe in 2010 i only knew our daughter and her husband and our first grandchild and i thought it Mm. would help me meet other people in santa fe and it definitely has but also Mm. i know that women and people in general love connection and love to make new friends, and love to meet people who might be different or the same, have the same interests as them. And so it serves all of those purposes, and I could spend the rest of the time telling you all the wonderful things that the Transition Network does, but I will not. Uh, but people could go and look at the a website if they wanted to, which is ttnwomen.org. That's just two T's and an N, and then women.org. Yes, I mean, I'm a part of that organization, oh, yes. too, and it's national. Right? Yes, it it's is. It's national. So, mm-hmm. And so people can connect with with women in other cities, so it's wonderful. You know, yes. I just think it's a wonderful organization. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, and so we have so many things going on, including we just started a new uh, special interest group for women 70-plus. We have lots of women who are in their 50s and 60s, and now we have 20 women, 70-plus, who are interested in um, meeting and connecting with each other. Fantastic. And what makes the difference between the 50 and the 70, or 50, 60, and then blocking off 70? Is there some... Um, most most 70-year-olds no longer are holding a full-time job and no longer, if they had children, the children are gone. You know, they've done gone, going on their own lives. And some of the needs feel a little different from being 50 than being 70. Some might be some <laughs> aging issues. But also, we call it the older and wiser because we are older and wiser at age 70 or 80 or 90. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And then I want to go to these Raging Grannies. Yes. I mean, I love the name. Who came up with the name, Raging Grannies? I'm, I'm, yes, I, I, I should have looked that up so I could tell you, but it has been across the United States for a number of years. It may have started in the hmm. 60s, but if you look up Raging Grannies on the Internet, you will find a little bit of history about that. And in Albuquerque, here in New Mexico, there's been a really big Raging Grannies group, and the leader of that group has now moved to Santa Fe. So we have a group in Santa Fe that's smaller, but we're always looking for more women to be in the Raging Grannies. And the leader says, you don't have to be a grandmother, and you don't even, know how to, you don't even have to carry a tune in order to be in the Raging Grannies. Fantastic. So it's a national organization? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. Fantastic. And, you know, I just think it's so important because singing and music just creates a kind of joy and happiness and a feeling of being alive. Yes. I know that when I sing, that's how I feel. So, And I know that you sing, as you said, your first soprano. Yes. 
Join Sandra M. for her live performance of the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow, a toast to love and happiness in life, an uninhibited musical adventure guaranteed to awaken your happiness vibe. Celebrate with upbeat rhythms, love songs, and fun stories, some told by you in the audience. Sandra's musical guest and accompanist, Todd Lowry, sings his hopeful and happy originals. To book Sandra M. and the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow, email sandra at sandramcknight.com. Celebrate happiness with Sandra M. But you've been singing for a long time, haven't you? Forever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. even in grade school choruses and high school and all of that, yes. Yes, I have been given the gift of music, honestly, and that that makes me very happy that I have that gift. Right. And does it give you a sense of purpose in life? I mean, in other words, you can just sit down and sing a song and suddenly you get into your feelings and into your uh, joy of just being alive? Yes, absolutely. And before COVID, I used to have... Mm -hmm a musical party once a month at our house here and uh, just for women. And we would mm-hmm. sing because many of us are from the 60s and 70s. We would sing songs mm-hmm. from that era, and that was particularly fun because all of us knew those songs and still do. Yes, yes, yes. And that brings us back to memories of our past, mostly positive memories, etc. Absolutely. So, I have another question now that we've sort of explored what makes you happy. Let's look at it from a larger standpoint. Do you think that happiness is a choice? I think it is a choice. And at the same time, one of the areas that I am working with are the unhoused and here mm-hmm. in Santa Fe. And... For some of the people that are unhoused, it is really hard to feel happy on a regular basis because of their situation, not having a place Mm -hmm. to live, not having enough money to be able to afford a place to live. But I have worked with a group in the unhoused, which are called the LEAB. It's a Lived Experience Advisory Board. And they are people who have been unhoused or currently unhoused. And I taught them presentation skills. And we go out into the community and they talk about their situation. And they are becoming much happier because they're having a chance to tell their story, to have people understand that they are people just like us and that they are building their own confidence because of that and being heard, which has been really, really important. So I think um, depending upon one's life situations and how much trauma we've been through, I think it's harder to be happier. It's not impossible, but harder to be happy depending upon what we have gone through in our lives. Right, but you have created a solution. I have a small solution. I have a small solution at this point. There's a lot of homeless people or unhoused people, but I am working with a, a number of them, and it's been very rewarding. 
Oh God! Now that that just brings us into gratefulness, right? Yes. And being grateful for what we have, and being great, and also being able to give to other people. Yes. Because when you give to other people, and this is one of the things that makes me very happy, just giving to other people. Yes. And yes. being there for them, I, I've always sort of lived that way. I don't know why exactly, but it's just sort of natural to me. And I've always felt that we're sort of born happy. People are not born unhappy. Now, I am aware that, you know, people, some people, some children are born with serious illnesses and so forth and so on. And But most of us, when we come out of the womb, are not unhappy. Would you agree with that? Well, I guess I would say it depends because I know some babies are born um, if their parent, if their mother was on drugs, that they're born with mm-hmm. drugs in their system, and it can really cause some problems. So, I would say for the majority of people, probably yes, that they are happy. But there are some instances where the trauma from the parent plays a huge role in how that child grows up and uh, how their lives are although there are always possibilities to work through that with help and therapy and all of that kind of thing. So basically my next question is, can happiness be learned? And that's what you're saying. You can work through conditioned unhappiness, right? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We invite you and yours this October 2023 for an intimate 14-day happiness journey to Bhutan, the lost kingdom of happiness. Experience the magnificent beauty, magic, and mystery of this ancient culture that calculates the gross national happiness of its people. Happiness, Bhutan style, is an adventure of a lifetime. For our itinerary, Go to BhutanLostKingdomTours.com and click on Special Packages. Celebrate happiness with Sandra M. But we were just talking about can happiness be learned, and you were saying that with help, would you like to sort of expand on what kind of help? I mean, is it just going to therapy, for instance, or could... Being an artist help you to learn to be creative, working in some ways like that, where you inner work that you do on your own through meditation. I mean, I know that drug addiction is a physical addiction, but there are other reasons why people are unhappy. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yes, I think, I think it's a learnable skill. You may not need anybody else to uh, be able to achieve happiness, for some people, um, they may need to uh, take on a hobby that they haven't tried maybe before but they're interested in, and they find out mm-hmm. they have some real skill in that and they didn't even realize that. Um, to have somebody who will listen to them and hear them when they maybe have a breakthrough and there's somebody there to help celebrate with them. Um, yes. There's all kinds of ways... Or maybe I've been, for myself, I can use myself as an example. I have been very self-critical. I think many of us have been. But because Mm -hmm. I have uh, 
for myself, I have been in therapy. It has been extremely helpful, and I feel like I am much happier than before I went into therapy. I think I thought that my person, the person that worked with me was just excellent and helped me see some of my value that I wasn't seeing. Exactly. So you were getting really good feedback. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think that, as you just said, you can get feedback from a friend, a trusted friend. You can get feedback just from doing inner work on your own and through meditation. And there are nowadays... There are so many different areas that one can explore. Like I have worked with Dr. Joe Dispenza and his meditations. You can find him on the web. I have worked with uh, Bruce Lipton, who talks. He's an epigeneticist, and he connects thoughts with physical disease that happens to us and how powerful our mind really is. And then, of course, if you go into India, uh, there's Sadhguru, who is a big guru in India at the present time, who has something called the inner engineering so that you go he has a book on that and there is actually a place in Tennessee um, where he you go there and you can learn through meditation and other uh, modalities how to explore your inner world Uh because the inner world really affects the outer world isn't that what happens to most people if you're happy inside it sort of reflects outside Absolutely. And I think, too, um, it, again, I'm sort of going back to the unhoused. If they don't have money to do some of those things, on the Internet, there are so many resources, so absolutely many resources. And just typing in the word happiness or happiness exercises or going to um, – there's some free uh, courses that talk about building your self-esteem, dealing with people who are difficult to deal with, how you can deal with them more effectively. There's just tons of those for free on the Internet. So if you you don't have the money to go someplace else and, and have access to a computer, whether it's at the library or if you happen to have one yourself, there are lots of resources right there, too. You know, I was reading about you on the web, right? Oh, really? <laughs> not a whole lot. Yes, yes, I was trying to get prepared for our interview, and there wasn't a whole lot, but one of the things it said is for 35 years you had been working in self comp- uh, as a trainer in self-confidence, assertiveness, and communication. Yes. And I was wondering if you had picked up a lot of your sensibilities around happiness and joy and positivity from that 35 years of experience. Do you have any stories to tell us? I could have lots of stories to tell you, but I, um, yes, through my, I, I had my own company called Gene C. Palmer, Training for Success and Excellence, and mm-hmm. I worked for people in the government, for corporations, for nonprofits. I was able to travel around the world doing my training, and I learned mm. a tremendous amount, and I had about 25 different courses that I offered. And um, most of the time, they went really, really well. It made other people feel like they were learning, that they were more confident, that they had learned a skill about how to handle, say, difficult people, or something like that, or assertiveness. And uh, I had a great – I loved my work. 
and since I moved to Santa Fe, I'm just using my skills as a volunteer. But mm-hmm. if I could see in an audience, I can think of one example. Um, this was a government agency, and there was one man who came in, and his arms were crossed, and he looked like I didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be there. And so I would even start out by saying there are three kinds of people that go to training. There are the people, the learners. They read the description and said, I'd like to learn about that. The second group are the vacationers. And they're the ones who want to still get paid for that day, but let me just sign up for that course. And the third Mm -hmm. are the prisoners. And they're the ones who have Mm -hmm. been sent by their boss. And they say, my boss should be here. I shouldn't be here. Well, this man was a prisoner. And I was teaching uh, the difference about the different generations and how we need to uh, work with each other better in terms of we can learn from the younger people. The younger people can learn from the older people. And by the end of that course, he had learned so much that he spoke at the end of the class and he said, I had no idea that I could learn so much from the younger people here in this class, and I have so appreciated what I've learned. Well, that brings me a lot of happiness because I feel like the design that I used, the way that I did the teaching, lots of small groups and so forth, um, made a difference in that person's life. And I think also acknowledging that he was a prisoner. I even would bring um, handcuffs. If people were prisoners and they wanted a set of handcuffs, they could have them. And so it was just acknowledging where somebody was and then giving them information that might help them move from where they were to a new place. And this guy was just, it was just phenomenal how he could stand up at the end and say how much he had learned. And he was thanking the other people in the class for their contributions too. That is a beautiful, beautiful story, and I bet you he was happier as a result. I mean, I think so. I yes, think, yeah, yes. Well, I want to end with just one final question, and with your vast experience of, te- of doing training across the world and all these different areas of self-esteem and self-confidence, assertiveness, etc. This is the question: What do you think make, makes most people happiest? In your opinion, what makes most people happiness? I think people are happy if they can be themselves, if they can share what's important to them and have somebody listen and accept that, even if it differs from whatever the other person might think would make them happy. I think that the more we can be authentic and be who we are and not who we think somebody else thinks we should be, I think that can be really powerful. And it takes a while to get to that place, or maybe we've never gotten to that place. But I think the more we can be authentic and trust ourselves and be, as I say, Mm -hmm. authentic, I think that can be really, really satisfying. Absolutely fantastic answer. I just love it. <laughs> you have a fantastic you. guest. I appreciate it. Keys to happiness number five. 
be grateful. Simply being grateful can give your mood a big boost and have a significant impact on feelings of hope and happiness. Acknowledge one thing you are grateful for at the beginning of each day. Keep an eye out for pleasant things in your life. Big things, such as knowing that someone loves you or getting a well-deserved promotion. And little things like a neighbor waving to you or the warmth of the sun on your skin. Soon you will be very aware of all the positive things around you. I want to close by thanking you and thanking our audience for tuning in to celebrate happiness with us. And before we go, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you again, Jean Palmer, for sharing your happiness story. Thank you so much, Sandra, and I hope people will go and see you when you do your music because that's also very wonderful and helps them understand how important happiness is. Thank you, Jean. All the very best. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Turn your smile on